in a blurring frenzy of paw-strokes. Ellen screamed again, this time in rage. A sword lay near her on the ground, its silvery curved blade marked with glyphs that blazed back the moonlight. She snatched it up, darted in, and struck a long, lashing blow with both hands on the hilt, as if it were a backhand smash in a game of tennis. The black hide of the tiger parted, and blood spilled, the red nearly black itself in the night. She struck again, and again, and again, lost in the hate that possessed her, and woke. <sighs> she gasped for breath, feeling her sweat soaking the sheet and suddenly turning cold and gelid, eyes blinking in the light of the bedside lamp. Adrian's hand closed on her arm, careful not to make her feel constrained as a hug might. You're awake, darling. You're awake. I'm here. She grabbed him with a sudden convulsive movement, burrowing into the strength and warmth as his arms closed around her gently. The big room had the still darkness that comes an hour before dawn, and she could smell the sea and cool scents of dew and rock through the balcony windows. After a few moments, she began to shiver in reaction, her skin turning to goosebumps. Adrian wrapped her in a blanket and pulled her back against him, rocking her slightly as her dry sobs wound down. That was a bad one, she said. Adrian, was that Sabretooth you? He nodded, his chin moving against her head. Yes. I walked into that part of the dream. Ellen felt dizzy with exhaustion. Why didn't you kill her? Too risky, my sweet one. That wasn't Adrienne. Adrienne is dead. What you saw in your dream was a memory, a projection, part of your own psyche. Only you could kill it safely, as you killed Adrienne herself. You were very brave, then and now. Ellen sighed wearily. I wish killing the memories were as easy, she said. I just got around my childhood, and then I get more trauma dumped on me. Dad goes. Adrienne steps into the all-powerful nightmare abuser slot. I am so sorry, my darling, Adrian said softly. She thumped her fist against his back in weak anger. Not your fault. You didn't do it. Then she was too tired to speak, but too shivering taut to sleep. Adrian laid her down, stripped off the sopping sheets, and began kneading the muscles along her spine with strong, expert fingers. There were muted clicks as things adjusted and relaxed. Then he covered her again and brought a glass. Drink, he said. You need to hydrate and get your blood sugar up. It was sweet lemonade. The landlady of the pensione kept a carafe of it in their rooms, squeezed each day from the grove that surrounded the building. She drank it gratefully and lay back in his embrace, cocooned in the blankets. Sleep, darling, sleep. I will watch over you. <sighs> she said. Ellen knuckled at her eyes. 
Adrian waited until she'd blinked them clear before sitting down on the edge of the bed. Bright sunlight spilled through the louvers of the bedroom window, falling over the hatched tile floor and cream-colored stucco of the walls and the tumbled linen of the bedding. She sighed and leaned her head against the flat muscle of his shoulder, like hard living rubber under the soft, fine-grained olive skin. I'm sorry, she said. I am sorry that you have the dreams, he said. I'm glad that I can help. Oh, brother, do you ever, she said, and sighed. It can't be much fun, being on a honeymoon with someone who wakes up screaming every five or six days and, well, you know, freezes up sometimes. He chuckled. Anyone else would be catatonic, or dead, or mad beyond help after six months as my sister's prisoner.